0: what's up guys? Welcome to WCBC Podcast. My name's Hunter. My name's Ellen. I'm Josh. And I bet some of you are excited because you just heard Josh say something. <laughs> okay, so we need to address the elephant in the room, which it's, it's updated. I think I fixed it uh, last week for some reason between me uploading it to an MP3 file and putting it out... <laughs> Josh's mic got turned down on my computer. It's censorship. It's censorship. (laughs) Well, what's funny is, I don't know who it was. It was probably Grant's. Thursday morning, I mean, I woke up, and the first thing I see is, why is Josh's mic not working? I'm like, are you serious? Because I didn't have my computer on me. And so I go listen to it, and... Uh, we do, you know, my name's Hunter, and I'm Alan, and all of a sudden, it's just like. He's like
1: back in a hole somewhere. My name's
0: Josh. You <laughs> know, back here. And I was just like, well. And uh, my name's Josh. <laughs> yeah. i out in the parking lot. <laughs> <laughs> oh, like he's, he's outside or he's in the bathroom. Or I'm over here, guys. And sudden, you know, so uh, I apologize, but uh, we'll do better at. Uh, I guess I'll be accountable with you guys (laughs) before I (laughs) upload it, especially Grant who's our sound guy. Before we left it was fine. I listened to it on the way home Then Thursday morning I was like, oh man Um, but with that being said um, we're also excited because we've had so many issues now we didn't have really a way to communicate with all of our listeners so now we actually have a Facebook page that's tied in with our church Facebook page so if you have Facebook you can go on it and type in WCBC Podcast and you'll find that We have our own page now. Um, and so that page will be for updates or, you know, if Hunter messes up somebody's mic, I can go on there and say, sorry, we've messed it up. We'll fix it. And you can see that. But also we'll be posting links of new episodes. And this year, like we've mentioned, we're wanting to do videos. So that'll be the way that we release the videos out for the public to be able to watch them. Um, or if we did like a live stream one night, like a special or something like that. Um, so we just ask you guys to go check that out. But don't only check it out, give it a follow, give it a like, but uh, share it. Share it with your friends. And shared on Facebook, um, you know, ultimately, I, I'm just so thankful. It, it's crazy. Like, we do put a lot of effort in, in a sense, of sharing this with people. But I, I'm just telling you, the way that God has just opened up door after door after door without us trying um, is just assurance to us that we were obedient to God when He put this on our hearts. And I just think about how Alan and I started out just me and him borrowing equipment from people. And now we have our own equipment. We've got Josh, we've got Grant, and we have our own room now. So God's just blessing this. And uh, I think it's also, and you got to chime in on this, uh, I think it's also encouraging because right now for our church, I mean really, is a time where our church as a whole is focused on Scripture. And,
1: and we, we can, I said this in one of the very first podcasts that we did, and we can sit back and say, man, look what, Allen's done man look what watson's chapel's done look what that bus ministry look what that podcast ministry has done but in reality we need to sit back and say look what god's done absolutely and the fact that his word is so sufficient for whatever we're going through whatever need we have whatever we're facing whatever questions we have man god's word is good for uh man reproof rebuke yeah yeah
0: and I mean, even like, and when when you say, Hunter, what do you mean your church is focused on Scripture? Have you guys not before? No, we were. I'm just saying it's cool because right now um, our pastor has started a series on Sunday mornings and Sunday nights where he's going through the book, of, the whole book of Romans, verse by verse. And then on Wednesdays, he's going through 1 Thessalonians, and he'll continue 2 Thessalonians verse by verse. So we're here doing Hebrews verse by verse, so it's just so cool. And in our men's Bible study, we're doing Proverbs verse by verse, so it's just cool because we're in here focusing on each word, each verse, but when we leave this room, everyone is right now. And that's
1: what's really cool about the whole concept is because when you see somebody get a genuine, holy curiosity about what God's Word means and how it applies in our lives and, and, and what we're going through, you, you can see that in, in, in one, our pastor. And when he starts to get uh, think questions in his mind and, and he starts digging and he starts coming to us and saying, what do you, th-? and, and then we see it in our bi- men's Bible study and this this curiosity breaks out. Uh, it's the best way for us to gain knowledge and, and to gain it uh, uh, across the board is to help each other and raise each other to that level of uh, uh, the standard that's in God's
0: Word. Yeah, and I mean, like, exegetical biblical teaching is usually used in the, a reference to verse-by-verse verse teaching. And I mean, even, like, Josh leads our men's Bible study. Josh, how effective has it been so far just taking each verse one at a
2: time in there? Oh, very effective. I mean, we get... We get the thing that I, that is great about it is, you know, we're a group of men sitting around, and we start with a place of reading scripture. But then, I mean, we find that it, it cross references both Old and New Testament, and then not only that, we can it's applicable to each and every one of our lives, and it's a non-threatening way for <clears throat> people who have questions. Maybe I don't
1: know. Maybe right. maybe, and I hate to stand up in church and or in Sunday school and 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 reveal my ignorance to the entire class you're you're a deacon you're supposed to know well if i don't know how am i going to find out right if i'm intimidated to ask questions how am i ever going to learn yeah so that's that's one good thing that this uh uh, atmosphere the 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 culture of uh open uh you know freedom to to ask questions and it's okay if you don't know man a lot Mm -hmm. of us don't know but to have the that that freedom to feel like it is okay to ask questions, even if uh, you may you may think it's i I'm doing air quotes again, dumb question. There's no such thing as a dumb question. The only dumb question is the one you don't ask. Yes. So uh, to have that freedom to, to uh, you know, if you're curious, you have questions. It, to have an environment where you can openly discuss it, I think yeah. is is a, a very valuable thing. Yeah,
2: because if we're going to be honest with it, I mean, at the end of the day, we're all men and we all have pride issues. Oh, yeah. You know, absolutely. so I mean, it, but the thing is, is that I mean, I was I, if I'm being honest, I was hesitant or nervous about that. Like I was like, how much and I, I mean, Hunter spoke about this. And I was like, how much involvement do you think we're going to get with the class? But it's taken over by itself. I mean, it. You know, I mean, it, it's once it gets started. I mean, we we all are in discussion, and it's 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 been great.
1: Yeah, and the notebooks are coming out. coming out. out, out yeah, when they when the notebook yes. come in, they've got writing in them before class. Exactly with questions <laughs> and the, yes, and they're asking these questions that are relevant. Like what? Well, well, that holds us accountable yeah. then to yeah. be. To be studied and then, and
2: then and for me, I mean, like I'm sitting around looking, and I mean, the last night I noticed, I mean, we got everybody in there from teenagers, you know, 19s the youngest, nineteen, yes, and I mean, uh, uh, up to guys that have been in church forty years, you know, and it's like these, there's just the the. The It's wide open of the knowledge, of the curiosity. Yeah. And I mean, even like, you know, the, the, the younger ones, you know, the questions that they do. I mean, it, it gets it, there's just so much yeah. knowledge that comes out and scriptural knowledge, not just opinionated yeah. knowledge. Yeah,
0: I've never felt bad for asking questions in a Bible study, like especially with men that are way wiser than me. Because if I have them, I'm asking. If I got ten, I'm asking all ten if I can, or I'll save five for next Next week. Because (laughs) I want to learn and take advantage of the time I have in the Word of God. And I'm just saying, like our men's Bible study, every aspect of where I look right now is—it's just like it's almost like when you do a verse by verse sermon study podcast. I think of that phrase where it says, you know, stop and smell the roses. Like we're really taking our time to process each word of God. So that way when we ingest it, we're full. I mean, even like Pastor Jason, I think like Sunday morning, Sunday night was a combination of part one, and part two. But I think within eight verses, maybe he read, he had like five points. Yep. And I mean, it wasn't just like your basic five point sermon. It was like deep five words gave him five point you know, a big point, you go five more, here's another big point. And he's digging out all these examples in the Bible uh, of what he's saying. And it was just like, oh my goodness, you know, eating this up. And I mean, and, and you know, I'm not trying to raise him up or say that he's no. something special, but there is something special about a pastor who will deliberately take hours and hours and hours each week to labor in the word of God. And then his biggest responsibility is to share his labors with the congregation, so that way we can see and learn what God has shown him, and it's awesome.
1: In, in context, and, and and when we, I'm glad you made that statement. And Hunter, I've, I'm at the exact same point. I don't care how many questions I ask; if I don't understand, I don't understand. Yeah, and I'm not going to act like I do, because the bottom line is I'm going to be held accountable to for my for what I do understand. So uh, I wished I'd have got that feeling of. It's okay to ask questions earlier in life. And I don't know if it's uh, because of the fact that if you ask questions typically and it's because I said so is the answer you get, that that should never be an answer. A person in a position of leadership gives somebody that comes to them with a sincere question, because I said so or because it's always been. Make sure that you hold us accountable.
0: Yes, and I mean uh, it, it's like any of our Sunday school teachers – or or pastors or classes, you know, if you're in it, um, ask a question, you know, um, even like the school I attend, I do online, I'm emailing my professors. I I'm wanting to find answers because it's not about me being smart. It's just when you run into a stumbling block and by stumbling block, I mean something you don't know in scripture, then let's ask the people that are teaching us because I Mm -hmm. want a clear understanding by the time I leave. So that way I can apply it to my life. But then ten years around the road, when I run over that scripture again, I'll remember what I learned when I ten years ago. Um and, and so I, I just want to encourage you guys, you know, uh take advantage when you sit under, you know, biblical contextual preaching and you might be thinking well, we're not doing verse-by-verse verse teaching in our, you know, from our pastor right now. That's okay. If they're doing topical messages, still take advantage of the topics that your pastors are bringing before you because they've labored in that, and they're wanting to share what they've learned. And so talking about laboring in the Word and verse-by-verse, verse, uh, that's what we're going to continue today. Um, I don't know how far we're going to make it. This, this section 4 through 14, it's not really a verse-by-verse verse section. It's more of the sections. Because God has inspired the writer to give us uh, basically three different kind of scenarios of comparisons of angels and Jesus. We're in the book of Hebrews. Yeah. Chapter one, we're finishing. I know last week we kind of took a little needed detour. Yeah. Uh, But I'm glad we did because I've heard great things, but not only great things, um, I feel like people were challenged last week to get in Romans 13 and really get ready for what's Taking place. This well, week. again,
1: when we do these uh, podcasts, I think it's all about how does God's word apply to my life today? How can I? How can I use yeah. what knowledge I gain not just for a trivial pursuit or not just so I can, uh, you know, make myself sound smart? How does God's word apply to my life? To my life yeah. in the day that I'm living in, and I, I, I think that the, our last week's podcast was absolutely needed.
0: Yeah, and I, I enjoyed it. Um, I enjoyed listening to it on the way home. So when we look at this section, um, I think we left off with verse 4 last time, but we really need to kind of read it, and I don't think we really got to dive into it. I think it was kind of the ending of that first chapter, first session in in Hebrews. I know I may have made a comment about talking about angels specifically. I believe I did. But now that we look at the context of this, this isn't just a study focused on angels. We will talk about them for a good part. But the real context to this section is how Jesus is superior to them. Um, so let me read verse 4, and then um, I, I want to say just some facts about angels, and then I'll pass it. Or We'll, we'll probably be in verse 4 for a hot minute. Um, but verse 4 says, and this is the ESV, um, Having become as much superior to angels as the name he has inherited, he is more excellent than... Theirs, and so this is specifically talking about Jesus, and this is a, a continuation from verse 3. But it's saying that He's become superior to angels. Um, so obviously, when we think about the Son of God, we think about a lot of characteristics how Jesus died on the cross for our sins, and maybe logically, you're thinking, Okay, well, I know that, um, but look, look I, I kind of want to say a few things about angels before we keep going, just so you know. I feel like, and guys, back me up or correct me if you don't agree because um, I'm open to that on here as well. I feel like when it comes to the Christian faith, we revolve everything around Jesus Christ, like yes. we're supposed to. Yes. So when we talk about how Jesus is appeared to angels, right? of course, I believe everyone who listens to this would agree if they're a biblical Christian, but I think we can't forget that angels are in the Bible, and we should learn about them. Yes. So yes. if we can learn about them, that'll add to the context of why the writer's saying that Jesus is more important. Than them. Um, and so when you look at angels, and I, I've got a, a few things, um, the word angels in Hebrew is malach, and in Greek it's angelos. Um, I might butcher those, but that's just off the Greek um, codec, uh, concordance I have. Um, and, and the definition, the reason I, I said they're two different words, one's Greek, one he, is Hebrew. But when you look at the definition, both of them mean a messenger, and, and they're messengers from God and you know, uh, the Old Testament refers to him as the Holy Ones in Psalms 89. Uh, Daniel chapter 4 refers to him as the Watchers. Isaiah calls him the Host or hosts multiple times. The New Testament refers to him as the Heavenly Host. And Hebrews 1.14, we'll get to that, talks about how they're ministering spirits. Um, if you've ever had the question of how were angels created and when were they created, you're going to get into a lot of different theologies. And by theologies, I mean men's interpretations of Scripture. Uh, the only thing I want to bring you today and to offer would be go read Psalms 148. Um, and I actually, I want to I pull this up because for our listeners, um, I, I mean, go read it more for yourself, but I'm going to read verses 2 and verses 5 and verses 2 says praise him all his angels praise him all the hosts and you go down to verse 5 it says let them praise the name of the lord for he commanded and they were created Um, so the origin of angels where did they come from verse 5 he commanded and they were created Um, now where that depends was it before creation um, in genesis 1 was it during was it after Um, you'll find a lot of different uh, men and their opinions and their interpretations of Scripture. I think the moral of it is God created them, and they belong to God. Um, Now, I I do want to bring this into mind because the Bible also teaches about angels that fallen angels. So obviously there were angels that followed Satan, who Lucifer was the the prettiest angel of them all. He was, uh, in a sense, God's right hand uh, angel. He was always there and then he betrayed God. And you can actually go into the Old Testament and uh, I I believe it's in Ezekiel where it talks about the king of Tyre. And you go through there, and it's referring to Satan and his original fall um, and what happened to him. Now, uh, but there's also angels of good, you know, the ones that are faithful to God. You have the archangels, Michael, Gabriel, you know, you have these things. Um, And then I have some activities that they do. Briefly, just going to mention them. Um, They continually praise God. They reveal and communicate God's message. They minister to believers. They execute God's judgment, and they're very involved in Christ's second return. So there's just kind of like, I guess, like a little background on angels. So study study some of these verses and some of these names uh, that I've mentioned, especially if you want to read Psalms 148, those two verses, see where your Bible references you because that would probably be pretty interesting based on what commentator wrote your Bible. Uh, We won't get into that right now. But uh, we're in a huge thing right now about commentary uh, uh, as guys who, I mean, we're just studying as a group. And just for clarification, it's not
1: a... Uh, a jab at anything but it's it's just a We want to keep the Bible in it's, context. It's right. it's us as 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 God holds us accountable to be as accurate as we can with his word. And that's that's where this comes from.
0: And personally, I just want to let it loose on that, but I'm just not going to cuz I want to stay in Hebrews today. <laughs> right. But that's what angels are. Um so guys, let, let let's elaborate on this verse for just a little bit before we keep going on. So now that we kind of see angels are important, but then when the scripture says that Christ is made superior to angels and he's, he's received a name more excellent than theirs. Why is that so important when it comes to how we think of the heavenly host and everything that goes on?
1: So, uh, want to clarify one thing when uh hunter asks questions and i'm silent i am shaking my head they can't see me shake my head so i'll just go (laughs) soon (laughs) so i'll say that i have agreed with everything he said so far just because i'm silent don't mean i disagree uh but uh the fact that jesus is created superior to the angels is it's a man it's it's one of the the bedrocks of our faith because that when we we look at Christ, and we look at the angels, and the fact that their purpose is to, to, to honor him, and so is our purpose, is to honor him. Uh, the, the, the thing of the, when we when you see men in the Bible, and you see stories of, of folks who are just, an angel appears to them, and they're just smitten, and they're just uh, awestruck, and, and there's something inside them that, you know, maybe because it's so uh, such a spiritual event, they are driven to worship them mm-hmm. and uh you know I, I believe in angels and i believe that they're ministering spirits and i believe that they uh, uh, are present and i believe that they help today uh but here's what i want you to make sure we don't get drug off in the weeds by uh yeah they're here and the other we that we're able to to uh, be ministered to by angels but they don't deserve our worship right christ is the only one that deserves our worship
2: Yo, no, it, I, absolutely. And that's what they, that a lot of them, a lot of the accounts, that's what they said, too, when they came in the presence. They said, fear not. Yeah. And, and and they even told some of them, stand up. Just just you know, stand, stand up. up. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, don't worship me, yeah. you know. That, that's, that's, <laughs> and stand. what would happen? <laughs> I mean, really? Yeah. Are you kidding me? Get up from He's watching. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> and, and so this
0: verse really, I mean, it just paints the picture for the, the rest of this chapter, that this is the context. If there was a main point to the rest of what we're going to talk about in chapter 1, Christ is superior to angels. Yep. Yeah. Christ is superior in general yes. um, to all things. And so when you look at uh, like verse 5, now he's ba- he's about to paint the picture. Um, so, Josh, I'm going to read this, but I'm going to read it in the form of a question. And, Josh, I'd like you to answer it. Uh, so verse 5 says, For to which of the angels did God ever say, You are my son? Today I have begotten you. Which angels did he ever say that to? He did
2: none. <laughs> okay, there we go. No, none.
0: <laughs> and so that sets the precedent. Go yeah. ahead, Joe. I, elaborate on that. I mean that that's important right there.
2: Yeah, and 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 one of the things too is that's one of the things I think that the Hebrew writer is trying to make known is that you know that they the angels are important, but they were messengers of God. They were not anything. They were a created being of God. Um. And that's the thing that so when with with Christ, it's totally different. And that's what the Hebrew writer, I think, is trying to elaborate on that, you know, yes, they they are great in their in their own right, but they're they're not of God, they're not begotten by Him. I mean, God only begotten one, and that was Jesus Christ. Yeah. Everything else He created, everything else was 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 made. In his creation, yes. but but with the begotten, you know, I mean that's that is his son, and it's it's it, it is God, you know. So that when he was, and I think, like I said, I think the Hebrew writer is driving this point home because I believe, you know, the time is the Jewish. Um, they were Jewish Christians, and they were still looking. I think that's in the writing. They were looking for. Or getting wearisome, if you will, you know they, they are looking for other things and, and putting an emphasis where emphasis should not have been. Yeah. And that, like I said, I think he's trying to address them to let them know, you know, that you you yes, you made valid points, and yes, they were great, and the, yes, the scripture of the Old Testament talks about. However, though they are not Christ, and that is the focus and the importance of it being begotten by God.
0: Yeah, and I mean, I even think about, and I believe it's in John 5, um, the man at the pool of Bethesda. And once you read down there, you'll notice a lot of Bibles omit verse 4, because it was added in at a later time. But that verse says that once a day an angel would come down and stir the waters. Um, And that's why people would want to get in the waters, because according to tradition and the ritual is that when the angel came down and stirred the waters, the first one to get into it was healed. Um, and Like I said, that that was added in at a later time in the scriptures, and a lot of Bibles will omit that. But even when you look at the context of that, Jesus goes up to the man. And he's like, well, you know, what's going on? He's like, well, I try to get in the pool, but I can't. Nobody will get in there. And when I hit. get close, someone yep. cuts me off. And Jesus is like, okay, well, uh, be healed. And Jesus heals him. So you got this tradition and this conspiracy and these things going on about how this angel stirred the waters and these were healing waters, um, which. I have studied I studied that um, that story and how it went around. I don't have anything to offer at the moment. Maybe I can bring some next time. Um, but, you know, they would go. They would try their best to get in there. You know, according to legend, they would be healed. And Jesus is showing up. And he's just like, oh, okay, well, uh, here, I'll just heal you right now. Yeah, you know that. Right. So he's superior yeah. to that story. You know where that right. angel that stars that water gets its power from? Right. Yep. There you go. Yep. So um, Christ had all power. To heal that man, you know. Jesus didn't say, Okay, well, here, let me pick you up and I'll put you in there. He just said, Okay, and he heals him himself. And so that's powerful right there. And Christ is superior. Um, but what I love about this is he says, who What angel has he ever said, You're my son to have begotten you? So he hasn't said that to any angel. Um, but what I do love is that he does make the statement, You are my son. And that's talking about Christ. So Christ is God's son. The angels are not. So there, there's a, I guess that would be a first point to this if there was one, is that Jesus is the son of God and angels are not. So there's a point one of how he's superior. And then he says, or again, I will be to him a father and he shall be my son. And he's saying, what angel has he ever said that to? None of them. So here we go. God is saying, you know, Jesus is my son, my son. But now he's identifying that he's the father of the son. And if the son isn't the angels, the son is Christ. And so there again, more emphasis on how Christ is superior. I mean, you got to think about this. Like Jesus is literally the descendant of God. I mean, he is God's son, God's family, God's, you know, one. So why would, you know, angels who are not God's one, God's son, God's descendant, why would they come in between or be more superior than angels? Now, a lot of people take that verse and say, "Well, what about when it says that he, Jesus will be lower down, lower than the angels? And you get into that text. That's not like saying that the the order's messed up. That's just talking about how when Jesus would die and suffer for sins, in a sense, he would be brought low. But that didn't mean he stayed there or he was at that moment. That's just talking about the punishment that he took on for all of us. So then you get over here in verse 6. And uh, Alan uh, tackled this one for us. I'll read it. And again, so he's bringing up another statement. When he brings the firstborn into the world, so he's referring Christ. When the firstborn comes in the world, he says, let all God's angels worship him. Alan, that, that's a blunt statement right it there. It is.
1: It's pretty uh, plain and, 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 and face value when you look at the, the mandate that uh, not only the angels, but the, all of creation. And the Bible talks about, it's very very specific about the fact that God deserves worship and God's created us in a manner to which there is a part of us that is driven to worship. We've talked about that multiple times. But here's the thing. What if we don't? What if we don't worship him? The Bible talks about that the, the rocks, the, the nature itself would cry out of God's holiness. And the fact that the angels are, are created beings, but they're, 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 they're powerful beings. God's given them, you know, the, the power to minister and the power to, 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 to be messengers, but also he's given them the directive to worship. And he is their one and only object of worship because he's the only thing that deserves worship.
0: Yeah. yeah. And, and Josh, when you look at that, that, uh, he talks about God's angels will worship him I mean, how do we see that made evident in Scripture when it comes to Jesus and his deity? What's that? So, like, when you look at, he says, let the God's angels worship him. So, obviously, he's saying, let the angels of God worship Jesus. Like, how, how do we see that really come into play? Like, you know, um, the angels ministered to him when he was in the wilderness. You know, at any point, he could have called a legion of them down. So, how how do we really see the importance of that in Scripture, how they served Christ.
2: Well,, they, 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 like, well, you mentioned that they, they were a support for him. The one thing too, though, is like earlier we were talking, and I, the, the thing is is that they said, you know, when they told him to stand up. The reason was is because the angels know his place, as well as so we're, right now we're on the, the angels, but we also got to keep in mind that, that there's that demon side, too. And when Jesus walked the earth and he approached them, they knew him they were there to they even they knew who he was the same with the angels the angels are his legion to do his work to yes. do his ministering yeah. to do to, to do his beck and call and that's what they are there for in the place of i mean the thing is with with Christ though is that when his when he has his angels do his work they are speaking on behalf of him yes so it's just like i mean i mean this is a very lame terminology or explanation but just because the owner wants something done or the manager wants something done does not mean that he's going to physically got to go himself to have it done and that's basically what the angels are for the lord the for they will do they are the messenger of him they are yeah he sent them so when the angel shows up and says this is what you know mary you are going to be with child You know, the angel comes to them. That is the Lord saying, you're going to be with them. You know, Balaam and his donkey. When the angel was there, the donkey spoke on behalf because of the angel's presence to him. When John, I mean, the angel came and said, you know, his name is going to be John. You know, all of these incidences, even though an angel did it, an angel spoke it. It was the word of God that he was delivering in message.
0: And and, uh, like I don't know to that. It is of God because Galatians one eight says, but even if we or an angel from heaven should preach to you a gospel contrary to the one we preach, let him be a curse. So Paul is now painting the picture that even if an angel comes down from heaven and says the opposite of what God has ordained or God's gospel, let him be a curse, let him be kicked out. And obviously we saw that when Lucifer and all the fallen yep. angels fell out. So they have to relay god's message because if they tweak it or if they change it or go against it well they're in trouble and yes. they'll be cast out and a curse just like anyone else or right. like the fallen angels
2: and then satan did that yes when he uh, when he tempted christ that's yes. what he did he took scripture but he tweaked it yes. he twisted it yes when he tempted Eve, same thing yep. it's and when he uh, go ahead alan so
1: when you when you talk about the fact that they do his bidding uh even the legion when he spoke to them. He said, "Get out and get in the swine."
2: Yes, that's like no. No, now it's not
1: our time. Exactly right. So it, it, when we talk about the the fact that Christ's superiority, it's it's evident. It's yes. evident. He's to, superior to
0: angel like angels in heaven, God's angels, but also to the fallen ones exactly that right. serve Lucifer. Exactly he speaks, right. they listen. They yep. show, he shows up, they know who he is. They recognize him, yeah. And I mean, that's where a lot of people, I think a lot of people think of uh, evil and demons and, and all this stuff, and they think of little guys with red horns and pitchforks. But you have to understand, evil came from Lucifer, who was an angel of heaven. And when he cast down, it was almost like one of those, choose this day whom you will serve— And I think it's like one-third or something like that of the angels were like, we're going with him. And so they were cast down. And, you know, their judgment that they will incur one day will be eternal death in the lake of fire. And so they serve him. They're not, you know, little cartoon devils with pitchforks and stuff like that. They're evil minister, I mean, in a sense, ministering spirits. So they are of the evil one. Um, And so we've, we've got to remember that. It's like a book I was reading today. It said evil angels. Right, when do you ever hear phrases like that used? Because a lot of times we think of angel and we're like, "Oh, they're good, they're
2: heavenly," and they are. But there are evil ones too, and that's evident in scripture. Yeah, and the one thing is like that. That brings a valid point: is that as long with on the side of the devil, same thing with the angels. The the when you think of an angel or you ask somebody to describe an angel, the definition that they give you is not scriptural. I mean, because if you actually read the physical descriptions. In what, uh, how it describes the angel, it's not this little ch- cute thing with wings sitting on, you know, chubby cheeks. Yes, no, I mean, that's a, but yeah, and I mean, but that's immediately where it goes to. But I mean, you do you the definitions and the description that it gives of them, yeah. I mean, they're they're warriors, really. I mean, for they're they they have a they bring
0: in a sense of power, yes, but not of their own, but of and I'll say this, and I, I'll say this, but I'm not going to add anything else to it. Anytime anyone encountered an angel, they were in fear. Yes. Yep, fear for not what, For whatever reason, yep. I'm not going to say um, or try to add to the text, but it, they were in fear for reverence or for fear itself. I, I don't know, um, but people were in fear. And so, um, you know, when the angel showed up to Mary, she was in fear. When angels showed up to men of the scriptures, they were in fear. In fear. Uh, you know, and so we just have to think about this, that these angels, though, they worshiped him they worship christ holy holy they, holy yes they surrender to him and acknowledge him and that's just powerful because uh you know demons themselves like we've talked about they call out and re- you know rec- recognize christ so if they're above us in a sense i mean people will one day they will do the same thing <laughs> yep. The should and the or what was that you should and the shall. yes yeah, so yeah. uh so when you go down to uh let me start with verse seven it says, of the angels, he says, he makes his angels winds and his ministers a flame of fire. So that, there's a great description, right, of angels and what they are. But then look at this, verse 8, but of the sun, he says, so think about what he just said about angels. Now look at this in verse 8, but of the son, he says, your throne, O God, is forever and ever. The scepter of uprightness is the scepter of your kingdom, verse 9. You have loved the righteous righteousness and hated wickedness therefore god your god has anointed you with the oil of gladness beyond your companions so look at the two comparisons right there he says of angels he says he makes his angels winds, ministers a flame of fire but then you look at his description what he says to the son of god and it's just like power that is powerful right there that is superior to what he just said of the angels so the writer of hebrews is now literally giving us uh, literal explanations of what god says of angels but of what god says about his son and so when you look at these in comparison one thing you'll notice is that the the description of the son is longer than the one of the angels it's more detailed than the angels, but think about this the responsibility given in the descriptions, the sons is more than the angels, the power that's given, it's more than the angels, the holiness, it's more than the angels. The uh, the um, I'm, I'm trying to think of the word, you know, the Bible talks about that God has one that will judge, and it is Christ, the ju- the uh, jurisdiction. The the son has more than the angels. And ultimately, when you look at it, the verse above in 6, and it says he worships him, Okay, they will worship him, the angels will worship him. Then you look at verse 8 and how Christ is superior to them. So when it looks at, and it says, Your throne, O God, is forever and ever, amen. And then you look up and it says that his ministers are a flame of fire. There's your picture of su- superior and how he's a su- I can't, su- superiority, is that a word? Yeah, that's a word. Okay, so you're, you're yep. <laughs> we'll make up words go if we have to.
1: I understand you, so go ahead. <laughs>
0: but <laughs> if you see that, it just shows you that Christ is on the throne. He will reign forever, and the angels are his winds and his ministers a flame of fire. So he the, he, the writer has given us the explanation of why angels are superior. Er, Jesus is superior to angels, guys. What are your thoughts on these verses?
1: So, w- when you look at it, it says, you know, and I like I like plain talk, and it's easier for me to understand. But it says in, in uh, nine, I think it was, that he he loves righteousness. Yeah, and and when you you look at Jesus Christ, righteousness is something that yeah we all strive for. Yeah, we all want to obtain, but. I mean, he is the picture of yes. righteousness. He is the uh, personification yes. of righteousness. That's a big word for that's Appalachian a, boy. That's a good word. <laughs> out. I, I spit that out like a champ, didn't I?
0: But, I mean, even like, look at the, another word in here. He says, uh, anointed you. I mean, when you look at the comparison of what he said of the angels above, it doesn't say he anointed them for a specific task. But he says, of the son, excuse me, your God has anointed you with the oil of gladness beyond your companions, beyond your companions right there. Yep. So there's enough scriptural evidence in just verses 8, well, 7 through 9, that we can put all of this chapter really into a context to say Jesus is very much and superior to angels. And the
1: the explanation is start starting to separate him. There's, there, I mean, there's, there's this, when you when you look at Christ, even if there's you know doubt in your heart, and maybe there's some... Questions in your mind, that's okay. But there's facts in the scripture that separates the fact that he is not just an ordinary angel. Yes. And there's there's people out there who try to make Christ just one of one of one of the guys. You know what I'm saying? And and we want to go on record right now as as saying that they are in error. Yes. Mm -hmm. He is completely separate.
0: Yes. And I mean, there's a term you can learn, and it's called transcendence. And in a sense, if I could simplify the word transcendence, it's about how holy God is. Because um, when you learn about transcendence, you learn about immanence And it teaches you how God is so holy, he's far away, but yet he is so personal and so close to us that he has imminence among us. But when you look at this, it really paints the picture of his transcendence. Like, here's angel, you know, angelic host beings, all of this stuff. But then all of a sudden you reading how the sun is higher yes. than them. And he transcends above them, which paints the picture that he is truly, 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 truly. If there was a ladder, he's like far above them because they have to listen to him. And when you look at verse 10, so he's bringing in another. He says, and you, Lord, and this this is good, man. I mean, this is a continuation of not. And you, Lord, laid the foundation of the earth in the beginning. And the heavens are the work of your hands they will perish, but you will remain. They will all wear out like a garment. Like a robe, you will roll them up. Like a garment, they will be changed, but you are the same, and your years will have no end. So, not only has he said all this stuff in nine, but now combine nine and ten, and eleven, yeah. and twelve. So, <laughs> I mean, just how? I mean, the angels
2: if got one verse, and now they you, have like
1: four. Yeah, if you yeah. ain't got it, but now. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah.
2: Go ahead, Josh. Go ahead. Um, John 1 1 in the beginning was the word yeah I mean that's that is Christ was there in the creation story Christ it says let us you know yes it's uh he he was there and not only that though but like when it talks about it and it says they shall perish um but thou that remainest you, you see in the Old Testament um where in specifically in deuteronomy that's what he says it says where are your gods and who will deliver you from? my hand and he says you know that that there is none and that's what he was saying he's like are they going to save you um i'll find the text real quick i'll turn over there i'm sorry
0: while you're saying that um i kind of i'm in the same spot when it says that he laid the foundation of the earth and the heavens are work of your hands then you look at that they'll perish yes earth heavens will perish but also think about this the angels that went against God will be included in the perishing that will take place. Without a doubt. Mm-hmm. Yes. And so I- I'm telling you, when it says everything will perish, in a sense, but he will remain, that's powerful right there. And
1: I think that's why that the, 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 the resistance and the opposition that the church faces today is so strong in the time that we live in is because Satan and his team know they're running out of time. Yeah, they're yes. losing. They're yeah. running out of time. It's yep. the
0: fourth quarter for them, and yep. they run- They don't know what else to do. Yep. They're trying to throw Hail Marys up. Uh, and also, too, when I was thinking about the beginning of the text, when he says you laid the foundation of the earth, I want to say this. In the beginning, God said, let us make man in our image. There are three that bear record in heaven, the three that bear record in earth. You have all of these texts. Colossians chapter 1 says that Christ was there. The earth was made for him and through him. He is the image of the invisible God. So think about this. If Christ is referred to, even up above, as the firstborn of all creation, that means he also existed before angels. And you're like, what do you mean? How, how do you know that? Psalms 148 says, he commanded and they were created. Yeah. So if God created them, then Christ was there. He existed before them. He is dominant
2: over them. And Josh, did you find that text? I did. Okay, go ahead. Um, Deuteronomy 32, and it's start. I'm going to start it in 37. And it says, and he shall say, where are their gods, the rock in whom they trusted Um, which did eat the fat of their sacrifice and drink the wine of their offerings. Let them rise up and help you and be your protection. See now that I, even I am he, and there is no God with me. I kill and I make alive. I wound and I heal. Neither is there any that can deliver out of my hand. Absolutely. And that's what it's saying. I mean, when it's talking about that the others are going to fade away and be, they're not going to last. Christ is the only one, but he's been here since.
0: Yes, And when you—it seems like today, you know, last couple days I've been reading out of Hosea, right? So you read Hosea, and it's a story of a man who married a harlot, right? But in that, there's an image of Israel and God. Yes. And I was reading through it today where it talked about that they committed whoredom. They cheated on God with false idols, and they made false sacrifice, and they were around where Baal was and all these things. And he's just like, listen, (laughs) You've cheated on me. Yeah. And at that one point, he says, well, I'm just going to turn away from you because what they've done. And so when you look at this verse, there's a lot of scripture in the Bible that talks about how things will perish, but he will remain the heavens. We've talked about this verse, heaven and earth shall pass away, but not one jot, one tittle will pass away. The word will remain. And I mean, this is just powerful because you're learning about Christ and his preeminence and how he always has existed. And he always will. But now when you apply that to angels, you're like, yeah, they're like at the bottom of the ladder now. And Christ is like, he's not even on the ladder. He's just like hovering above it because he is very superior to angels. And I love this text. And I mean, uh, listen, when it says that they'll you remain. Okay. So in verse 11, now he's saying, well, they'll wear out like a garment, like clothes, right? They'll wear out, they'll ruin. And then he says, well, like a robe, you'll just roll them up Mm -hmm. or like a garment, they'll change. But he remains, and I think this is a powerful, powerful verse excuse me, to use in this text of trying to teach readers why Christ is superior to angels. Because think about this, he could have used a lot of text, he could have wrote a lot of things down, but what he did write blows it out of the water, so that way it totally destroys everything a potential argument of how angels are superior to Christ because they're not. And he blows that out of the water with all the text and the references he's using. One thing that you'll learn if you ever go into hermeneutics, which is word study, is that the Bible interprets the Bible. So how fitting is it right here that he would quote things that we've read in other places the Bible, saying, he laid the foundations, he says this about the angels, he says this about the Son, he is superior than the angels. there's no argument to me. There's no, if anyone ever were to come to me and say, let's debate about angels and Jesus, I'd be like, let's read Romans or uh, let's read Hebrews one. And I would love to see how you would try to say that it's teaching the opposite because clearly it's not.
1: No. And
2: And so, but the, In verse 11, they shall perish, but they remainest, and they shall wax old, as doth a garment. Yeah. And then we read in the gospel message where it talks about, do you take a new garment and put it on the old garment? When And then it was talking about the law, the biblical law versus yeah. Jesus Christ as being the Savior. And then he's saying there, the wax old doth the garment, which was, I mean, it all is, like you just said, though, it all is, you know, the Bible is... But enlightening, de- 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 describing, and your Scripture is using to Scripture to show the exact yes. same point. Jesus Christ is the Savior of the world for all sin to cover. It's through Christ. And, yes. I mean, it just keeps pointing to it and pointing to it. And the Hebrew writer here, I, I mean, there's so many, like, little bits re- that go back to the Old Testament to what the Jews at the time would have known. And with the hearing that they would have known. And so here, it, the Hebrew writer's continually just letting them know, "You, this is it, this is what you've heard, but this is the reason why. It's yes. through Christ.
0: Yes. And, I mean, like... Even when it comes to the law, which we're not talking about the law specifically today, but Josh brought it up, and I just can't help but say, no, 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 don't apologize, (laughs) because listen to this. Later on when we get in Hebrews... yeah. It'll talk about a surety of a better testament, (laughs) a better covenant, because the first one, if it would have worked, why would there be the need for it? There wouldn't have been a need. So Christ is superior to the old covenant in the gospel that he would bring. We'll get into that too.
1: (laughs) So when you talk about, I'm still hung up on the statement that you made about the faithfulness of God. and That that one, if you examine that one attribute of Christ, his faithfulness, and you use the example of, uh, uh, you know, uh, and we we done a whole study on the family unit and how that the relationship between a husband and a wife was was modeled uh, after the relationship between uh, Christ and the church and uh, that thought that concept of unfaithfulness and if a man was to cheat on his wife or if a man's wife was to cheat on him that hurt that broken trust that uh how hard that is to overcome it's one of the scriptural uh you know uh, uh examples where divorce is, is is if you know if it's if it's adultery uh the bible says, you know what go ahead, but here's what i want to here's what i want to make clear that hurt that damage that betrayal that cuts so deep that's so hard to get over that's so, so hard to forgive think of how faithful christ is to us every time we're unfaithful to him Mm -hmm. how how loving and how nurturing and how forgiving he is and accepting he is of us when we're unfaithful to him
2: yep yeah and that's uh and and with uh, the exact same thing though look at israel judah on God's exactly. chosen exactly. in the Old Testament, time and time exactly. again, he says, You know, that one scripture says he found them and he says they were still covered in blood, gives them all everything, lifts them up, decks them out, and then he says he used it to go and to others that walked yeah. by, you know, and that, but, but he stayed faithful to them. They were still his chosen yep. people. He was faithful to them, and time and time again, they turned their back on him.
0: And I, I mean, I was even thinking, when I was talking about like the unfaithfulness side, like think about what took place when Lucifer, right? And uh, one third of God's angels betrayed him
1: mm-hmm. and were unfaithful. To they him. were unfaithful.
0: Listen, God is a God of love. Yes, but he's a God of wrath and judgment, right? But think about that. Him sin, them try to overthrow him. And then what does he do? He does what's right in his eyes and he completely had all authority to do it. He says, you turn against me, all right, you're being cast out, you're cast down. And in fact, think about this, then he goes a step further, look at how bad Lucifer wanted to rule. And now he's like, okay, I'll I'll let you rule, but not the way you're wanting to. And actually, the way you're going to rule is going to end in your defeat and your demise.
1: And it's going to benefit mankind to the point that now, because we have the ability to be a free moral agent. And we're not a bunch of little drones, a a bunch of little minions, a bunch of little many means down here running around we God's give us the ability to be a free moral agent and serve him and love him out of choice because we want to right and I, I think that's a that's a, a key element to our uh, relationship with him he could he could make us but yeah he yeah. doesn't make us yeah he gives us that option
0: well and that paints the picture of angels had a decision to make at one point now we might get into that at a later time uh, of the theology behind angels Um, but I want to look at this, um, in verse 13, because we're getting to the end of this, it says, into which of the angels has he ever said, so now he's painting one more picture. He's saying, which angel has he ever said this? Sit at my right hand until I make your enemies a footstool for your feet. Which one has he ever said that to? You're going to find one answer. None. None. But one person he did say that to was Jesus Christ. So I want you to think about this. Think about heaven, right? And and here's God the Father. He's sitting on the throne, and there's one spot next to him, right? There's one place of authority next to him. And he looks at the Son, his Son, and says, You will sit here at my right hand until I make your enemies your footstool. Talking about, you know, one of these days that the enemies that have been against Christ, and they've hated Christ, and they've wanted nothing to do with him or his flock— They'll be made his footstool. He will stand upon them in power and in judgment when he reigns. But what angel did he say that to? And in fact, what angel sits beside God? What angel sit, does an angel sit to the left of God? If Jesus, no, we're never taught that. The only thing we read in scripture is how Jesus ascended to be at the right hand of the father, not an angel. And think about this. The disciples see Jesus go up in the sky, and they're hanging out, and what they look down. Who appears? Two angels. And they're like, what are you still doing here? <laughs> they're relenting. They're like, why are you still looking for He's going to yeah. return. Yeah. He will return in a like manner, but now you need to go out. You need to preach, and you need to stop standing here. So he's going up to sit on the throne, and who comes? He didn't come back down and just pause and be like, hey, what are you all still doing here? Right. And, you know, watch me go up one more time, <laughs> but this time don't stand here. No, he went up, and he's like, angels, go down and tell them what I... Yes. perfect example right yep. there of how he is superior to the angels. Now, are angels important? Absolutely. Verse 14 says, Are they not all ministering spirits sent out to serve for the sake of those who are to inherit salvation? So, think about this. And I, I didn't bring a lot of text for this because I really, really didn't think we'd get this far. But um, if we need to, we'll come back and start off next week with a little, little more in-depth. Um, or if y'all have more... Uh, so when you look at ministering spirits, this isn't we're saying literally that they're like spirits. This is just another name, a reference to an angelic being. So the angels are ministering angels sent out to serve for the sake of those who inherit salvation. Uh, I think if there's one point that I, I really believe it is worth bringing up is that God's angels will protect God's people. You know, they don't get to be saved like us. And, and, you know, they look at the salvation we have, and in a sense, they they admire it. You know, when someone's saved, you know, we always talk about how the angels in heaven rejoice, uh, uh, the sinner that repents. So the angels love, and they rejoice at when a sinner is saved and someone joins the family of God, but not only do they rejoice, we have to understand there's a spiritual battle going on that we cannot see. I'm telling you, and I can't remember which one uh, in the Old Testament, but one of them uh, made a request to God, and it took a, took longer for God to, uh, to answer it because the angel was taking it up, and he was running into forces trying to hold him from getting. So there is a warfare that's yep. going on that we cannot see with our eyes. But I'm telling you what, when it says to serve for the sake of those, that's a key term right there for the sake of those so they're risking themselves to serve god but now they're risking themselves for the sake of those who will inherit salvation think about scripture when the angel appeared to mary when the angel would appear to the prophets when the angel would appear to john on the island of patmos when the angel appeared to disciples before uh, right after jesus had ascended when angels would appear to people it was for the sake of god's people And that is true, that they are ministering spirits sent out. We talked about this verse before we even started. The Bible talks about entertaining angelic hosts with being unaware. So God's angels could be around us or in front of us or serving us or helping us without us even knowing. Now, one thing we don't want to do on this podcast is throw in our interpretational opinions now we all could sit here and talk about stories right of people that have been how they've had encounters with angels and all these things and we're not saying that they're wrong or anything's taken away but we want to keep this focused around this text so yes we do say that they are ministering spirits but as alan has mentioned earlier and josh talked about earlier there are people in this world that say they encounter angels and I beg to differ, mm-hmm. Yes, yeah. I'm
1: just saying. Well, you, a lot of times you could tell folks say, well, the spirit of God told me such and such. And if it's not scriptural, then the spirit didn't tell you that. You well, you, I mean,
0: the Bible says that, uh, that Lucifer, the evil, they try to appear as angels of light. Yep. They try to mislead people. I mean, they're still working against exactly. God like they did in the beginning. But we've just got to be careful because God's angels are
1: minister and I, and I agree 100% and I'm a firm believer in angels and I'm a firm believer in angels. I've heard some crazy stories. And I'm, I'm, I'm telling you I'm, of I'm, God's I'm a,
0: people being saved by a random person or yep. something miraculous that happens. I mean, even like when I was a kid and this is just a side note, you know, uh, some, me and my mom, she's at a stop sign. Someone is speeding rams in the back of her car. We should have went out in the middle of traffic. For some reason, we didn't. And I remember when I, you know, my mom believed that God protected us that day. And there's tons of stories you hear like that. And what if when you read this text, it's that there's angels around us. We're entertaining them underwear, but they're sent to protect us. Exactly. And be there for exactly. us. Exactly.
1: And I think the, the 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 main focus we want to leave with our listeners today is, yeah, we appreciate those opportunities for angels do step in, and I believe 100 that they do.
2: But the Bible but I, says, should,
1: I should I should I should never get in a position to where I'm thinking. I need to worship that angel instead of worshiping Jesus Christ.
0: And I think that's I think that's why you look at the emphasis and I'm gonna look the verse up too. Um when you look at that word unaware. You'll not know. No. You won't know that it's an you, Yeah. And I'm telling you, um that that's a strong that means not knowing. That means not being sensitive to, not seeing. And I mean I I'm telling you, I think that's really cause when they came on God's behalf, it wasn't to extol themselves up or to raise themselves up. Like you said, they said, hey, stand up. Don't don't bow down to us. Don't right. worship us. Stand up. But that's because they're coming, and I just think in a humble manner, because they know who they're representing. And so when you look at that term of unaware, I think that's for a reason, because that's what they're assigned to do is serve without bringing glory to themselves. And Alan's already painted a great picture of, you know, people will well, worship angels. They will,
1: they will. If and it's, it's just uh, the the fact that. And again, if it's if it's a, a genuine, sincere uh, uh, interaction with an angel, good for you. If it's an acid trip or some kind of drug induced <laughs> coma, you know what I'm saying. We, we again, we want to make sure that uh, we keep our priorities right. And the first thing we should uh, focus on is the instructions in God's word, following them and living a life that's honoring in Christ. Yes. And not get hung up on some of the things that are kind of mystical that really are, are, I guess, more... Attractive to, to folks that like to get into the the yeah. mystical side of,
2: and it can be a, it religion. can be a huge distraction. Yeah, and I mean you start chasing after it and looking for it and looking and for maybe, it. maybe I don't have
1: what I say I have because I've never experienced, experienced what this experience. Yes,
2: yeah, and and I mean easily can mislead yeah. and, and turn away new believers. You know that, that because they they think well why do they have this why don't I yeah you know I must not have received it.
0: Well, and I mean. I think that goes back to the whole unaware thing because if we were to put more emphasis on it, like let's say for instance that, um, you know, an angel showed up and helped me and I literally knew it was like I saw it just like they did in the Bible. Would we not get to the point that we would be like, Oh my goodness, listen to what I just saw instead of saying, well, God protected me. Yeah. And so that's why, when you think of that term, and like I said, we're not trying to diminish anybody that's ever had an experience. I'm just saying this I don't have a spiritual power to uh, determine, or you know what I'm saying? So, a lot of people, when they tell me stories like that, I get chill bumps because I'm like, wow. You know, and they have the story. They have facts. And I believe some of... I'm telling you this. Oh, yes. I believe the truth. I do, do too. Oh, I do. do. But we... It's just kind of like we did last week. Like, this isn't our personal podcast. You know, in our our church, this is scripture. Like, I mean, here's a verse. Hebrews 13. Do not neglect to show hospitality to strangers, for thereby some have entertained angels unaware. I I mean, that's straight Bible right there. You you literally... uh, You can't argue with that. And when you look at this... A definition: This Greek definition of unaware it says to be hidden, to be hidden from one secretly, unawares, without knowing. Mm. So, I mean, that's Bible right there. Well, um, but you know, this for us, we just wanted to focus on the verse today and admit that it is true, but not have an hour of storytelling on here because we're here for the scripture.
1: Exactly, exactly. And we could get off on rabbit trails of things that happened in hospital rooms, and, and, and absolutely, we could do that. But, Crazy stuff. Yeah, we could. I'm we could. Me, we dude. could. But the bottom line is, we want to focus on God's Word and the fact that what we're talking about today is, we don't need to let those angels take the place of Christ.
0: And it's almost like we said, we were talking about earlier, you know, our pastor, he's well-studied on angels, and he's saying, you know, in a sense, y'all have to be careful because... You only have so much in Scripture about them, and you have more opinions yes. from the world. Yes, and so that's where we were like, you know, we want to be sensitive today on what all we let out and what all we talk about because we want to keep it straight to the Scripture. So when the Scripture says that there are ministering spirits sent out to serve the sake for those who are inherit salvation, and then Hebrews thirteen two says that we can entertain angels unaware, we're here saying, Amen. Amen.
2: Yeah. yeah, Amen.
0: Yeah. Yes. But we're not going to, we've already hit an hour anyway, so it's not like we've had time. But uh, guys, it's so important to understand this. The, when you look at the emphasis of everything we've talked today, though, we have talked about angels. You can't really go through this without talking about angels, especially verse 14. But the moral of it. Christ is so superior, he man. Is. He is. And let the, this is my thing. Let's focus on Christ and let's let the angels do their responsibility. Yeah, exactly. Let's let them focus on how they need to serve God. Because boy, we're down here trying to focus on how we need to serve God too and be obedient to his will. But I'm telling you this, I'm thankful. If the Bible says the angels are sent out to minister to us and protect us and be there for the believers, then I thank God because there could be times where maybe the enemy is trying to get me. And I just don't know it. And what do you know? God's angelic hosts are defending me. Exactly. From what? It's shielding me. I see pictures like that of, you know, people going through stuff and they're being shielded and protected by angels. I know there's a spiritual warfare going on. And I'm just thankful that God would create such heavenly hosts to defend his people. Just to help us out. Yeah. I'm I telling mean,
1: you. It's encouraging to me because, you know, there's times when I feel like that I need that extra little bit of help. Yeah. To make it. And uh, you know what? Uh, I'm glad that uh, God's, put them uh, in the position that they're in with the responsibility that they have. Yeah. But also, uh, we want to make sure that we keep them yes. in the
0: right context. right
1: context, in the right position, and don't elevate them. It's
0: just like Corinthians. Right? Exactly. I, they're obsessed with spiritual gifts, and Paul comes in, and he's like, quits just focusing on spiritual gifts and let's focus on context. Let's focus on ourselves. Yeah. Let's focus on Christ because yeah. they're getting distracted and putting their focus in, in something more than they are in what they've been given, the yeah. salvation. And it's just like this. He's saying Jesus biblically and doctrinally is more superior to the angels. They have their place, but let's not put them above Christ. Let's keep Christ where he needs to be. And so, guys, we hope that this week uh, you've learned something or you've been challenged to think or to study. I'm telling you, don't take it just because we've said it. Go study these verses out in depth in your study time. And really, you know, if you have a thought, you have a question, email us at media at Like, we have a Facebook page now. Watch uh, WCBC Podcast, you can reach us and talk to us on um, if you need prayer for something that's going on, we definitely would love to pray for you and be there for you. We may not even go to the same church, but I promise you this: you send it into us, we'll pray about it together, and we will lift you up uh, and, and intercede, and just on the behalf of you, we'll lift your name up to the Lord and just pray that you know wh- whatever's going on in your life would um, be brought before God. And so, guys, uh, I'd love to end this in prayer. I'm going to pray for us just because this week could be hectic for some yep it could be hectic for a lot of people um but not only that um let's just pray for our listeners and so i'll pray lord we come to you in prayer we thank you for this day we thank you for this time and Lord, as we enter this week, we all have things that are going on in our personal lives. Lord, we've got challenges. We've got procedures. We've got uh, gospel witnessing opportunities laid before us. We have so many things, Lord. There's so many people that might listen to this. And so, God, I just pray blessings. I pray that you'd protect us all. But, Lord, draw us all closer to you and your word and in our prayer time. But, Lord, also this week, politically, in our government... Um, Anything could happen. And so, God, we just pray, Lord, we know that you are superior to any president or any king or any person. You control all things. The world is in your hands. You rise people up and you rise them down. And so, God, we just pray that this week your will would be done, most importantly. But, Lord, we just pray that, Lord, whatever happens, that your hand would be on it. And, God, as you know, we, we transition and things change in government, Lord, we just pray that um, you would intervene God, we pray that if people are lost, that they can be saved. And God, we know ultimately whatever may happen, as we talked last week about Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, um, whether we're delivered or whether we die, Lord, glory to you, and that you are protecting us and you are for us. And so, God, I just pray that you'd help us uh, to be obedient to you. Lord, I pray you'd really help us not to be distracted too much because, uh, God, as much as we can be distracted, we can't forget. We've got to look down. The fields are white, they're ready for harvest. There are lost souls everywhere. So, I just pray that you'd help us as the body of Christ to remember that we have a task given to us by God Almighty in the Great Commission to go out and share the gospel but not only that but to disciple uh the church that we are in and the young generations coming up and being faithful and so god i just pray protection over everybody this week um, god we pray that people would be blessed by the scripture not because of anything we've said but just because it's the word of god and it blesses on its own and we pray that you would help people to dive deeper into it lord we love you we ask this in jesus name amen, amen. guys do y'all have anything God bless. God bless. All right. Hey, we'll see you guys next time. Peace out.